Hello, hello, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't see if you were going to start. Then we both start. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Letterbox Book Club. I am Mackenzie, and I'm Claire. And today we will be discussing the second book um, in the The Cruel Prince. Oh yeah, The Cruel Prince. I didn't know if it had like oh the folk of the air. Yeah, exactly. The folk right. of the air. All yeah. right, all right. Don't you come at me. Anyway, that's what um, you get for yeah, hijacking my intro. We will be discussing the second book in the Folk of the Air series, um, The Wicked King by Holly Black. Love that. And just because you hijacked my intro, I'm going to hijack the blurb. <laughs> How dare you. After the jaw-dropping revelation that Oak is the heir of Teferi, Jude this must... Is not the same blurb that I have. I'm on Goodreads. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. After the jaw-dropping revelation... Actually... You know what? We'll do both. Let's do both. All right. I'll, I'll go first. You do yours first. Okay. <laughs> After the jaw-dropping revelation that Oak is the heir to fairy, Jude must keep her brother safe. To do so, she has bound the wicked king, Cardin, to her and make herself power behind the throne. Navigating the constantly shifting political alliances of fairy would be difficult enough if Cardin were easy to control, but he does everything in his power to humiliate and undermine her even as his fascination with her remains undiminished. When it becomes all too clear that someone close to Jude means to betray her, threatening her own life and the lives of everyone she loves, Jude must uncover the traitor and fight her own complicated feelings for Cardin to maintain control as a mortal in a fairy world. Alright, your turn, Kenzie. Give us the actual blurb. Let's keep these good vibes going. I I forgot that you had the physical book. I have heard that for mortals, the feeling of falling in love is very like the feeling of fear. Jude has tricked Cardin onto the throne, binding him to her for a year and a day. But the new High King does everything in his power to humiliate and undermine her. Meanwhile, a traitor is scheming against her. Jude must fight for her life and also battle her own complicated feelings for Cardin. Now, a year and a day seems like no time at all. Hey, that was a pretty similar because we had a couple of sentences that were the exact same. So, Goodreads and the actual blurb isn't too, diff- uh, too different after all. Alrighty, thoughts, feelings and emotions. Kenzie, let's go. Keep these good vibes going. Why don't we keep these good vibes going? Um, I think... It is hard to talk about this and not mention that um, I don't like these books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, especially after now we have recorded uh, The Fourth Wing yesterday. <laughs> and I really love that book. And then this, these books, I mean, they're good, but they do just yeah remind me how very YA they are, which is fine. And I'm sure I would have loved them when I was a YA myself. Um, but I like it. It's a good plot. It's got a bit of a twisty twist. Um, but it's not one, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> it's not one that I am, like, reaching for again. Fair enough. I agree with that. But yeah, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, if you are done, yes. of course. Yeah, I completely agree, 100%. Um, I, in- I just enjoy Jude as a character. I think she's just awesome. Um, Jude Duart- Duarte, the woman that you are as well. I just... I love that we get to see more of, yeah, the puppet play of her controlling Cardin and all that. And very interesting to see how, um, because she has, I feel like she has too many pieces of every bits of pie in this world. So it was really interesting to see her try and juggle and manage everything. Um, Which even for a YA heroine seems a bit like too much to handle. Anyway, so I'm glad that she gets a little bit humbled as well in this process. Yeah, like, yeah, realistically show that like, don't you can't have everything and do everything at the same time exactly you need to set 
realistic goals and boundaries for yourself and, ex- and expectations of survival for sure and yeah again she is like 17 18 or 17 i guess or 16 even in this so definitely like the the ya heroine expectations but yeah i did enjoy it i enjoyed i guessed this traitor which didn't seem too hard to think about but i did enjoy the twist and turn at the end because i, I saw that sentence on the interwebs and I'm like oh I wonder when I'm gonna get to this moment and lo and behold it was at the end of this book Mm. um but yeah I I it was a quick read smashed it out enjoyed it I understand the TikTok hype around it as well because it was quite up there as we discussed earlier with Akatar and stuff so I understand where it's coming from but yeah still too YA still a bit juvenile but it is what it is I still don't (laughs) don't understand the hype really oh yeah like for yeah, for book talk, like because I feel like book talk is very much in that yeah new adult stage now and stuff, and this just doesn't feel like it. But then I guess there's a certain like niche corner of book talk that really love House of Night, and they're all adults, and it just gives me the ick. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But yeah, and I just can't express that I really love the dialogue though, because it's very like as I said in the episode with of the cruel prince um it's very like flower flowery and poetic and in a way like hypnotizing because they're not like straight up front with what they're saying it's very a roundabout way of talking and i just really enjoyed it as well it just made it seem super fantasy to me and i know we we were discussing in the fourth wing about the idea of new adult and i was thinking about it last night when we were done because i knew this was going to happen (laughs) <laughs> um, it's kind of relevant to this if you think of the idea because you just brought up a uh, new adult i think it's more of yeah how like our generation or age demographic uh finds relatability to books and that's mm. normally determined by like dialogue and language used because as we said like if you haven't read the fourth wing stiff shit oh well they say the word vibe, <laughs> they say the word vibe and stuff and people yeah. find that jarring to in a yeah medieval i did world. see a TikTok, did you? I think you sent it to me, and it was, yeah, in like a fantasy medieval world or whatever or something, and it was like using the word like champagne, like as opposed to like sparkling wine, and then like yeah, when people were say- saying oh they refer to like a teddy bear, but like they hadn't been invented yet, or like they, and then this is the um for me it's when there's modern plumbing, <laughs> yeah, like indoor plumbing and stuff, and I was like uh. I feel like, yeah, those elements is what makes this new adult idea because we're not too hell-bent on creating or living by absolute rules of a fantasy world because at the end of the day, you can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want indoor plumbing, you don't have to explain it, sure. It's just fun. Because, yeah, I saw a video about someone talking about, oh, if you have champagne, then you need to have the rules about how it's created. Like, then they use grapes. You need to have the region of champagne. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, just circling back to that, just, yeah, the whole... Uh, new adult is just the relatability and the memes of now that we're currently living through are leaking into these books and I think that's what it really means overall yeah it truly is a post-covid world really is yeah (laughs) exactly but anyway we digress we digress yes if you haven't checked out fourth wing then check it out (laughs) check it out please so we start off the book it has been five months since the deal was struck yes since the epic plot twist and in that time, they don't really tell us much about what's happened. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a pretty nifty time jump, which, 
you know, you would think considering she's in control of him for a year and a day, you'd think she'd be like on taking on, advantage of exactly day. on the business. Like she needs to make every single day count. Yeah. There's a prologue, which I I, I lo- like. I don't know how I feel about having a prologue and an epilogue at the start of each book in a series. I don't know. Yeah. Is that weird or is it just like tying it all up so it can be just like a singular I just book? think it's unnecessary, like especially when they're like time jumps, like they've gone back because it's about her learning to fight or whatever. But Yeah. But um, I actually really enjoyed this prologue because, yeah, it is of Maddox and Jude and, and Taryn. Taryn? Yeah. Taryn, yeah. Uh, you know, fighting together. And it's a huge lesson that Maddox is teaching, especially to Jude, about, you know, yeah, power is easily to, easy to take, but it's all about maintaining it. And it was that militaristic exercise of, like, King of the Hill. And then Maddox obviously won that, which I think is a good little foreshadow for what's happening and considering with what we know at the end. But, yeah, I just love that prologue is ultimately showing us, like, a Jude's inevitable downfall consider- with what we know in the book. And I just I enjoyed that prologue a lot more than the other one in the first book. I don't even know what happened. I forget what happens in the epilogue of The Cruel Prince, though. I forget everything. <laughs> we, we know you checked out of the series. It's okay. So I'm, I'm out. See you. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the prologue. And then, yeah, five months later. Jude and Jude is wrong. Taryn and Locke are to be married in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jude wishes that her and her twin were on speaking terms, but they aren't. Because again, this is the whole their 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 relationship's broken up because of what Locke did and that juvenile stupid little prank. Yeah. Everyone, men ain't shit. <laughs> men are trash. Yeah, do not let a man dictate. Especially a fairy man who has no parents and are bored. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Facts. <laughs> In the wise words of Ice Spice, facts. <laughs> facts. Alright, I guess they're having like I don't know, an audience with the king kind of yeah. situation. Um, and a hag comes forward and wants to, like, gift uh, – what's his name? Carden's Carden? gifts. <laughs> Come on. I knew you were checked out, but I didn't think you were this checked out. <laughs> so um, it's just because I have so – there's so many names and so many books. Anyway, um, but Jude's like, nope, this is wrong. Do not accept these gifts. And then it's um, – revealed that the hex was going to like she the hag had hexed some magical cloth as a gift and it was going to compel him to marry her daughter which is a crazy move and with yeah Car- with Cardin being in power that's the thing like especially in I suppose real life you know the most vulnerable state is when a changing of like a monarchy or like changing of power and all that type of stuff but also, like, it was Jude who was like, oh, no, this is wrong. Like, why isn't there someone who, like, checks all the gifts or whatever? Just, like, there'd be someone to, like, check all the food. Like, It just goes to show that, you know, the Fae are willing to backstab each other or they're – unless they are – they've strictly given their word and loyalty to the king. Like, it's all hold barred. Like, they're going to try and see what they can get away with. But, yeah, that was really tricky. Yeah. The hag. It was crazy. Yeah. Locke, um, once again, wants to be master of revels. And Jude doesn't want this to happen, but she doesn't know how to make Cardin refuse Locke, like, while everyone's kind of watching. Because, yeah, they're best buds. And then, because so she doesn't want... they would have had a prior conversation. Mm. <laughs> and she doesn't want anyone to think that she's puppeteering him either, because that would be just awkward. Also, just quickly, another character had an audience with Cardin named Grimson. He's the guy that made the crown, essentially the Greenbrier crown. 
Um, and he just wants to be pardoned because he's loyalty. He used to serve like the older king and the older king is dead. I don't know. Something happened. And so Grimson is craw- crawling back and Cardin was like, yes, we'll have this magical engineer on our side because he can craft us all these gifts and stuff. So yeah, he's all good, but it's important later, of course. But yeah, Locke weaseling his way, <laughs> it's hypocritical to say, because Jude weaseled her way into controlling Cardin, so Locke can weasel his way into getting some but sort of Jude, title. I think, wasn't doing it for, I mean, like, it's yeah, kind of I selfish know. reasons, but she was doing it to protect Oak, and then to ready the throne for Oak when I he know. comes of age. <laughs> but, like, Locke's just like, I'm a fairy and I'm bored. I want a party, bro. Yeah, I want to test my love to Taryn again, essentially. But we also learn early on that Belkin is in this place called the Tower of Forgetting, which is essentially just running away prison. Or <laughs> it's not the pen. Yeah, <laughs> the fairy <laughs> and it's pen. Not the rock. <laughs> <laughs> the fairy pen. Um, and yet he's rotting away in there, out of sight, out of mind. Although Jude has been keeping a, a good eye on that because it turns out Queen of the Undersea. Leaving notes and gifts for Belkin. Mm. Sussy wussy. Um, a qualm I have, like, just in general qualms with the book because I don't like it. <laughs> but the, I like, a big qualm that I have is I feel like there's so many different plot points going on at once. And, like, I know that ultimately, like, it all kind of leads to, like, one thing or whatever. But it just felt like, you know, like, one plot would be put in motion, like, the, like, lock plot which then led into like this Balkan thing, which then led into this, which led into that, which led into that. And instead of just being like, you know, you have your A story and your B story, it was like we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G or whatever. Because, yeah, you've got the Court of Shadows business happening. You've got Queen of the Undersea business happening. You have Maddox business happening. Yeah, again, it's a very busy book. It's exhausting. (laughs) It is a busy book considering how small it is which gives out that element of being faster pace and quite concise. But yeah, it is definitely overwhelming. Because then you still got to, I mean, if you're the one that's to figure out like how everything links together, it is exhausting thinking, oh, this, yeah, this leads to this, leads to this. Yeah. But yeah, the ultimate, I suppose, the main plot of this book is like Belkin and his need to be released from prison and just be back in like normal court life. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the whole lock being to be like the master of revelry and the whole I don't know if I said it last episode, but I loved that they're called revelries and not parties or dances and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think it's so cool. Yeah, uh, it's like um Hamilton, we were at a revel with yeah. some rebels on a yeah. fight yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a party. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. It was like um in high school <laughs> I watched um this like american tv show and they never called like like a get together or whatever a get together or a party they would call it a kickback oh yeah yeah. and so i made it like part of my personality (laughs) hey guys like on the weekend let's have a kickback (laughs) (laughs) kenzie love that i suppose yeah it's easy it's it just shows that extra level of creativity as well because like just parties are can just be boring i guess as a title but anyway anyway and Jude befriends one of the guards at the Tower of Forgetting as well, named Volsaba, which I don't really care about him, but, like, she uses him to for info. But dope, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for introducing yet another yeah. character. <laughs> Too many characters. I think there's also a general meeting with all the lords and, like, the high 
level. Maybe there's a council probably, and one of the guys who's a, the the astrologer or whatever is like, since Cardin came into power, you know, the earth like nothing has ever felt right. Like the seas are rising, the leaves are dying, and all that type of shit. So we love another potential prophecy. <laughs> it just goes to show that even like the universe thinks nothing is right with this situation. But it all comes to head later on, of course. Uh, there's a hunter's moon, which is what Locke organises. It's just like a celebration. I don't know if it's like a seasonal celebration or if it was just like a revelry. Um, there was, well, it appeared to be a, also an attempted assassination on Cardin. He was in his room and someone shot two arrows. But then um, it's revealed that it was an acacia because she saw that Jude was like, uh, Cardin was making out with some girlies or whatever. And she's like, I only wanted to kill the girl that he was with. See, it's just that like silly jealousy and the silly boyfriend qualms. Like, is he really worth it? You know, we just established men are trash. Yeah. And then it's also like the queen of the undersea, like Orla. Like, it's just orchestrating, like, she wants Cardin to marry Nicasia so that they have, like, an alliance. The, yeah, rule the land and the sea, which this whole thing gives me Little Mermaid vibes. Like, it was yeah, intense. She's like, I will sink, like, Ola, the Queen of the Undersea, is like, I will sink all of fairy if you do not marry my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, in the meantime, yeah, she's trying to bail Belkin out because she needs him for that, for an alliance as well. Like, she's. She's getting her ducks in line for her plans. Um, and yeah, Jude yeah figures out that yeah Nicasia is the one that's shot him and she's just threatening her and all that type of stuff. Which, yeah, I mean, like, these fairy folk, so intimidated by a mortal, I suppose, but she is friends with the, with the High King and at the end of the day, like, she has the High King's ear. But also, let's introduce another plot point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, like, Queen Orla and her intentions and Belkin's kind of intertwine because they do end up teaming up later on. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the little threads and then, yeah, like, two threads go come together and other threads come together. Cardin is, like, pretty much drunk a lot throughout his reign because he doesn't really want to take it seriously. And he, you know, drunk, drunkenly still wants Jude in, like, a relationship and stuff. Mm. Or, he, or he can't stop thinking about her. And everything. He asks her to kiss him. And she doesn't. But then she thinks about all their other kisses. And she's like, oh my god. <laughs> she eventually, yeah, gives in at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, back to... Yeah, then there's a Hunter's Moon uh, revelry. Um, and it's a fun little party. Cardin warns Jude not to be there. And we love when our, uh, the boys tell our heroes to not, you know, go to a place. And then they decide they're going to sneak out and disobey anyway. I love Farah. I love Jude. <laughs> I love Violet. Um, <laughs> and Violet, yeah, of course. I also love, like, I don't think it was in this one, but when, sorry, having a sticky snack. It's not a sticky snack. <laughs> I love when it's explicitly like told to us. It's like, I really want you to stay, but if I ask you to stay, you're not going to, are you? And then the heroine is always like, no. <laughs> no, she can she can do what she wants. She is It is within her right, after all. But yeah, so Jude goes to Cardin and Co's party. There was a revelry, Hunter's Moon celebration. Uh, Jude has made this Queen of the Mirth, which is set to... I think it was intended, yeah, for a human to be glamoured and stuff and they kind of humiliate and embarrass her. Uh, and it's all Locke's idea. And so 
Jude, and Jude still has a geese or whatever that she can't be glamorous, so she had to pretend to be manipulated and all that type of stuff. And so she, her crosshairs are locked on lock in getting revenge, inevitable, inevitably. But also, some undersea lackeys arrive and spoil the party. Their message fr- and th- slash threat to marry for Cardin to marry Nicasia, but then Cardin still um, allows them the opportunity to partake in the revelry regardless yeah because he's a piece of shit he just wants a party like the more the merrier vibes like he's not taking these threats seriously because he's ultimately hoping because because he maybe his concept of time seems really shit because of course oak is a baby well not a baby a toddler whatever like he can't he's not going to be ready in five months to take yeah exactly you know like he has this whole thing like well when when will when will oak be ready it's like it's obviously going to be years bro relax like, at least till he's 16. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, there are other montages of Jude going back to the Tower of Forgetting in order to get information or set traps for, like, Belkin to reveal information because she's slipping in all the letters and looking at all the correspondence and stuff. Um, we meet Cardin's mother, who's in the Tower of Forgetting as well. Mm. Lady Asha. I think because maybe Jude w- was sussing out an old bedroom and she found like a little, like a memory photo album essentially, and she was like, "Who is this chick?" Oh, oh yeah, that's right. And yeah, she saw like Cardin was only cruel to get Mummy's attention. So Cardin definitely has some Mummy issues. But it's like, yeah, if you're not loving him enough, like of course he's going to act out to like get some love and attention. But then she's only react positively reacting to all the cruel stuff he's done so that's why he's a bit of a twat but yeah her name is lady asher i forget why she's even in the tower of forgetting i think because just because she was um she was just like a consort or whatever right okay yeah uh, that rings a bell that sounds familiar and then with that taryn's wedding is approaching or it's pretty much wedding time that's fun vivian's gonna be there she's gonna bring oak and heather this just the whole with heather situation it's like you have to tell her eventually yeah and it's like she's planning on like glamouring her as well and so that she can like oh and she like like can can forget things and stuff yeah which obviously jude and taryn think is a incredibly wrong thing to do which it is um but yeah it was just it seems pretty stressful as a reader as well because you're like, come on, how are you really going to pull this off? She's under the impression you're going to take a car ride to a place, but no, you're just going to go on some magic fucking horses. Yeah, you'd want to share this life with her, I guess, instead of just being like, oh, remember that time we went to my sister's wedding? And then she just has like no kind of cognitive memory of I it. Think- like- <laughs> No, actually, no, I think they're, I think she just got, like, turned, glamoured into, like, a cat or something. Yeah. Like, got feline features. Yeah. And then, yeah, Vivian glamoured her to forget that moment. Yeah. But I suppose, ultimately, Vivian wants nothing to do with elf yeah. fame, oh, she, so she, she was... She finally tells her the truth at the last minute, but... Yeah, which is too little too late. Considering how, I don't even know how long they've been together, but, like, surely in that time, you would have get, you've gotten comfortable to the point where... Yeah. You could slowly start implementing explanations for things. Oh, and just forgot, um, Nicasia, when Jude found out that she was trying to kill a fairy girl for kissing Cardin, she revealed the whole traitor plot as well. That someone that 
Jude knows um, is betraying her. And yet she, yeah, a lot of the quarter shadow stuff also relays back to the Belkin and the Tower of Forgetting and sneaking in correspondence and all that type of stuff. Also, the Roach is teaching Carden how to thieve, which is cute. We love that. Also, quick little maybe subplot thing that the Bomb and the Roach have a relationship or had something. Have a little bit of a feeling situation. They obviously, you know, work is rough. Yeah. Hard life, work life balance happening. But yeah, so approaching Taryn's wedding, um, Jude buys her some earrings from Grimson. And they like elevate her beauty. To, in order, in a way, to get whatever she wants, essentially, like flattery and all that type of stuff. Um, Jude is attacked, though, on her way back and by a band of thieves. Folk. Folk, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the earrings are stolen. However, um, at the wedding, Taryn is wearing them and Locke is working with a limp, walking with a limp. So Jude realises that it was him and his mates who attacked her. It was like a Bucks party yeah, situation. and, like, they were going to kill her. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, Jude is too lenient towards Locke yeah. and the Band of Misfits. I think I think she might have killed somebody as well because she did some hefty damage to these people. Um, and, yeah, I thought, like, I know there's an extra book in the series, but I thought, damn, Jude is going to get really hurt in this as well. But, no, so, yeah, she I think she must have hit Locke with an arrow or something. Yeah. But, yeah, he was feeling sorry for himself, and she is, like, hell-bent on murdering this guy. Which I love. Um, oh, because also Jude doesn't want Locke to be the master of revelry because she wants Carden to essentially be focused mm. um, to the best of his ability. But alas, that does not happen. And so the stealing of correspondence from Belkin and the assumption that Queen Orla is going to plan something, they kind of use Taryn's wedding as a bait for an attack from the undersea. And so they have, like, three little plans in place. And, of course, none of them gets baited out, which Jude finds sus. Because she is also, yeah, thinking about this traitor and who could possibly betray her. But then at some point as well at the wedding... No, yeah, none of their baits worked, but Belkin was bailed out of the Tower of Forgetting from the Queen of the Undersea. So it was like, yeah, bait and switch. And, like, it was at a time where Maddox and Jude decided to work together because, you know, they have a common goal, a common mission. Like, we don't want the Undersea to take over. I always knew, though, that, like, the traitor wasn't going to be Maddox. Because I was like, no, that would be way too easy, like, a plot. He's still hell-bent on the Regency idea and, like, crowning Oak early. Did you guess who the traitor was? We can talk about that. Yeah, I thought it would be someone in the Court of Shadows. And then, yeah, because it ends up being the... The, the ghost. ghost, yeah, I was like, the bomb. I was like, no, no, because bomb and roach. Yeah, ends up being ghost. Yep, ghosty boy. We we liked him. I yeah, liked I him. liked him. But then, yeah, I think there's like a couple of things that he was like doing, and I was like, you seem sus. <laughs> yeah, I picked up picked up on some things with because there'd be descriptions of how he'd react to whatever Jude was saying, like if she was giving orders or something. Um, and yeah, I think he was just fed up because he said, because yeah, he was a traitor, and he said, I served Prince Dane, yeah. not you. Because, um, yeah, Jude, just because she has the ear of the king doesn't mean she's, like, the boss of the Court of Shadows. Like, could you imagine you've been serving Prince Dane for years and then this 17, 16-year-old mm. comes by, is there for five Starts minutes, gets, strings and shots. gets Dane killed, and then suddenly she's the queen of the Court of Shadows. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd be pissed too. I'd be traitorous too. Like, he has a point. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> before that's revealed, though, we're, like, at the wedding. And, like, not much happens, but, like, Jude, like, in a monologues that, like, she thinks she's falling in love with Carden. Oh, yes, because they have that those tense moments. Because they hate each other. And we know what they mean when they hate each other. Yeah, it means they want to book. They want to bone. But bone! <laughs> <laughs> Detective Diaz, that is the view of it, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the <whole> bone! <laughs> so good. It's none of your business. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, the ghost um, reveals himself to be the traitor, I guess. Um, and then Judas knocked out. And then yeah, Judas knocked out. I love that trope, though. Like, getting, just, like, like, getting like having a revelation and then, then good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hit with a rock. Yeah, loved it. So Jude is now a prisoner of the undersea. Which is fun. She's, it is fun. It adds a little extra element to it because it gets to a point where it's like, all right, where are we going to go from here? Like, because someone had to be taken or someone had to, like, die. Like, where do you go from here after Belkin is bailed out? So Jude is a prisoner to Queen Ola and co and Nicasia. Nicasia takes this opportunity to beat the living shit out of Jude and then glamour her to forget everything like Jude was legit fucking tortured in this place and that actually sucks and because she has still has the gears she has to pretend to just cop everything like that is a different kind of torture in itself I know like she has to pretend that like she's full when she's not like she has to pretend that like the food they're giving her is like delicious like yeah, she has to pretend, like, yeah, Nicasio would be like, oh, this is a bowl of soup and a nice cup of tea, but it'd be like a rock. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And she'd be like, mm, this is delicious, Nicasio. Yeah, Thank no, you so delicious. much. <laughs> um, Balkan, and then, yeah, Balkan also, like, orders Jude to kiss him. That was so it's, like, fucking gross. gross. Yeah. How old is Balkan? Exactly. And like, it's like, did we need that? Like, it was very much Arabin and uh, Selena. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, do we even get a grasp on how old Carden is? I think Carden's around the same age as Jude. Okay. Because they're in school together. Yeah, but, like, fairy level of age could be different. Like, he could be 100, but that's equivalent to, yeah, 16-year-old. Oh, I think he's human, meant to be you know? 16. Let me have a look. Yeah, because I'm... I don't think that ever crossed my mind, or that was ever even established. But, yeah, Bel- Belkin wasn't buying Jude's... <laughs> enduring of the torture she was enduring it a little too well so he'd be like kiss me as if i were carton and that was just so fucking gross i had like my jaw was on the floor as i was reading that i'm like what the fuck also because jude partakes in methodatism or whatever the hell that was the poison thing yeah she's in withdrawals yeah she's in she's pretty much addicted which sucks but it's also yeah pivotal to her survival essentially but like at that point Oh no, because she still has to protect Carden. I'm sure she was a taste tester as well at some point. Anyway. 18 to 19 in Folk of the Air and then 27 in The Stolen Air. Okay, so yeah, he's around similar age. Cool, cool. So um, that just means Belkin was way fucking older. Yeah. Gross. Gross. For a YA, holy black, <laughs> how dare you? Judah's invited to like a fun little dinner and she's there for months, like a couple months. It's a long-ass time. And time is ticking because she has control of card and is now, like, a few months, like, a handful of months away. Anyway, yeah, Queen Ola and, and them and co have a dinner. She is pretending to be glamoured again. She has to pretend to, like, bid her loyalty to Queen Ola and 
all that type of stuff. Belkin's like, I want you to kill Carden. She's like, cool, I'll do it, whatever. And so this is where it gets a little tricky for me because, I don't know, because they're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out their aim and what their intention and plan is. And it was a bit confusing for me because they want Grimson to make a new crown yeah, so that they and all that can type of stuff. Crown whoever they want. But then, yeah, but then Jude was like, well, then what's the point of having Belkin or having Carden yeah. kind of abdicate or anything? And that was just, I don't know, confusing. But they are banking on Nicasia and Carden, Carden yeah. being married. Yeah. Um, Carden, also, he pays a ransom to get Jude back. So Jude's like, oh, my God, he loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you're a man, <laughs> don't bargain yeah. for your life. <laughs> like, you throw that man this out. Is, this is bare minimum stuff. But he also had that time of ref- reflection because, yeah, throughout the book, Jude would bark orders at him or, like, say, tell him to do some sort of duty and he'd be like, is that an order or, or a statement or whatever? Yeah. And, yeah, so Jude would be ordering him around. But he's had moments of clarity with her time away. Mm. Um, he's had like a sense of freedom almost, yeah. funnily enough. But he also realizes he likes being king. Yeah. And Jude made that assumption that he was going to hate it. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, yeah, he makes a bar- bargain for her because yeah, he does like her and maybe is in the process of falling in love. Um, and then Jude yeah is continuously pretending to be glamoured. Yes. Which like must be so exhausting. Like. Oh, uh, also, I think there was a thing that because in my notes. I wrote, Crimson can't make a new crown without Carden being dead. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why Belkin, um, yeah, wants Jude to kill him. Um, and then because Belkin is free, they've come to an understanding that Belkin will become an ambassador for the undersea or the liaison between land and sea. And this is where poor Jude gets a little stressed out because she has to fucking kill Carden. Court of Termites are calling in their favour. Mm. They want her to kill Belkin. Belkin wants her to kill she- Carden. <laughs> Yeah. She wants to just kill herself at this point. <laughs> yeah, Carden, I think, wants her to kill Belkin as well. The Court of Shadows wanted to kill Belkin. But because um, part of the bargain was that the Undersea attacked the Court of Termites uh, and Carden was not allowed to – and they're not allowed to react yeah. or anything. Yeah. They're not allowed to be – to avenge. And so they're pissy at Carden for allowing that to happen. This is where, yeah, the power political structures kind of unravel in itself. And yeah, this is the too many hands and too many pies. Too much is going on, but it's all, it makes sense though. But then um, Jude like sneaks into Carden's old room and then she sneaks into his current room and she like kind of just tells him everything. Mm, yeah, when she's released again um, because she's secretly meeting with Belkin because again, she's made that. Yeah, and Belkin gave her a poison to poison Carden. Yeah. And she has to f- pretend to fulfill that area of the bargain. But then, yeah, then there's a moment where the Court of Shadows are like, we don't fucking believe you because you're working with Belkin. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I liked that, how they were like, um, excuse us, but you've been working with Belkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the tables have turned. Yeah. But then, yeah, she explains that like, because they search her and they find the poison and they're like, oh, holy fuck. Um, but then she's like, he thinks that he's glamoured me. Um, but she has the geese, so she can't be glamoured. And then they have Card. They're like, okay, we don't believe you still. And so they have Carden try to glamour her, and it doesn't work. So they're like, oh, okay, we believe you. <laughs> Sorry for the mishap. Sorry for almost wanting yeah, to kill you. Because yeah. <laughs> they were re- re- ready to wring her neck. Yeah. It was so yeah. funny, though. 
yeah, I loved that they were willing to turn on her as well. Because I think they've grown closer with Cardin as well. Because, yeah, the Roach is teaching him how to thieve and then the bombs, you know, doing the bomb stuff. It's it's great. And there's another event that happens. There's like a masquerade ball in honour of somebody, like of the lower court. And um, that's pretty much the time where Belkin wants uh, Jude to kill Cardin. Because it's a masquerade, you're not meant to know who's who, all that type of stuff. I think Jude buys a mask. I could be She's very wrong. She's given a might... mask by uh, yeah, a person. by Mother, Mother Moral, by the... or whatever her name is. Marrow. Marrow. Yeah, the witch, the hag. Yes. And I think Jude, yeah, bargains her way out of, or bargains her way to have it. I don't know what, I forget what the bargain was. Um, her only requirement that Jude let her make one for the king if he likes the mask. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. Probably yeah, Jude... she'll like hex again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, is that foreshadowing, Kenzie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it right. Yeah. Me. No, it's Thanks. not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, because um, Jude is very good, considering yeah she's grown up in fairy and stuff. Like she feels like she's just as dangerous as like a regular fairy folk. She's so she's able to identify and recognize when words are being twisted or manipulated enough or woven into like a bargain so yeah she's excellent in that sense Maddox taught her well and we don't see much of Taryn really later on like she's like I think their relationship kind of mends yeah. since she was captured yeah. and stuff but that's to be expected and, yeah also like I don't care <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah. care okay um at the masquerade right. bowl Cardin is acting super weird and he kisses um jude very publicly and then she like gets a little tasty taste from his tongue (laughs) and she's like oh god he's not drunk he's been poisoned and balkan announces this to everyone and gets jude to turn out her pockets because he had given her a vial earlier and Mm. um so she's like obviously about to get framed but she insists that cardin is drunk and needs to leave and he cardin is like yep Yep, yep, let's go. <laughs> Keep going, Kenzie. You're on a roll. I'm on the edge of my seat. So, um, and then... Just don't apologise. <laughs> and then, like, the bomb brings stuff to, like, try and dilate the poison, but nothing is happening. Balkan sends a note, and it's like, I have the end note um, if you give me the crown. <clears throat> she brings the... And she goes and gets it. <laughs> good little good little slave. Because, again, she's under the guise of the glamour. Um, but she goes to... Balkan, I think. Um, They're in the gardens. Yeah. There's somewhere. Yeah, and she the has the boundary. poison that Balkan originally gave, gave her to execute Cardin. And she's like, well, I'm going to drink it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> glug, glug. Yeah, and then so she takes the antidote and she's like, well, if I don't die, then I'll give the rest to Cardin and I'll come back with the crown. Turned out to be a switcheroo. Switcheroo. He pours the antidote on her tongue, but Jude spits it out and into the empty vial. Ha, 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 ha. We love that because, yeah, again, she's just as tricky and as dangerous yeah. as a regular fairy folk. Yeah, and Jude kills Balkan, which, like, finally. They have a duel. Yeah. They challenge to a duel, and she, yeah, she kills him, which I feel like is fair. You know, when, you get, when you're offered a duel, like, it's to the death. But obviously this has huge ramifications because of um, political shit. Yes, when Jude gets back to Cardin, um, she finds out that Maddox had Taran dress up as her and fool Cardin. And they requested half of the army and for Maddox to be free from the demands of the crown. <laughs> and so he just fucks yeah, off. Yeah, he's like, see you. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my one man, well, not one man army, 
Um, and that's when we it is revealed that yeah the, the neck the earrings are put into play because yeah if for those following along at home yeah Taryn and Jude are twins, mm. which is crazy. Yes. Also, I think even if it might have been even way before before this but Carden and Jude have a makeout intense makeout session at some point which I was like this is probably as spicy as YA is going to get yeah. which I appreciated yeah. I appreciated um later on Jude is summoned back to Carden's room and he's like this is not working we need to trust each other and he proposes mariage because literally proposes yeah he literally <laughs> proposes because he's like then you can boss me give me any royal orders and you won't have to order me around like it'll just be that you're my wife and he's like, we only have to be married until it's Oak's turn to rule. And Jude is reluctant but agrees. And they do the ceremony right then and there. Yeah, they. I forget who. If, I think it was just like a, a exchange of mm. vows. And then she releases him from his vow. And they trade kisses. And they have sleep. Cute. They just sleep. Yeah, love that. What a simple wedding ceremony. A cheap uh, wedding on a budget. We love that. <laughs> so Orla catches wind of Belkin being dead. The ambassador to the sea is dead this is an act of treason Cardin must be brought to justice from this or how could he allow this to happen but remember the court of termites are now appeased because their end of that favor is fulfilled and satisfied um jude threatens because as king you like control all of like nature and stuff yeah there's like a power elemental power to it so he's like if you attack me then i will attack you in your own sea because i can control the land and there's also land underwater, so I'll just raise the land so that there's no more water. <laughs> he could ju- he could just like drown, not drown out. What is oh, what's the opposite? I don't know. He can dry yeah, up. I can dry the, the sea out. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah, he can deplete the sea, which is very cool. I like this because it had everyone. Sorry for interrupting, but everyone like on their like sea creature like mounts and stuff. <laughs> it was just so cool. Like yeah. Nicasia was on a shark or something. Yeah. It was just fun imagery, fun imagery. Little Mermaid. Um, so Cardin requests that Nicasia stay behind to serve as an ambassador. And then he's also like, well, I also have to um, dispense justice to Jude for like killing my brother. They find a way for Jude to ad- inadvertently admit that she killed him. Yeah. But it was a jewel. Yeah. It was a jewel. Yeah. What was she to do? And he exiles Jude to the mortal world. She tries to protest that he can't do it as queen, but because no one knows that she's queen. So everyone just laughs and doesn't believe it. But, so, without spoilers, the wording of how he exiles her is very tricky. And it'll come back around. Okay, because, yeah, I've seen that line across the TikToks. I'm like, Jude Duarte, you are banished to the mortal land or whatever that line is. I'm like, I love that I've come across it now. Surprised that it was at the very end of the book. You want to find the exact wording? Yeah. Am I going to have to think about this? Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, like all the the cleverness of of yeah Jude switching out the poisons and her battle with Belkin was very awesome, and same with Cardin and even Queen Orla inadvertently making Jude admit to killing Belkin. It was just all chef's kiss. Despite it being a busy book yeah. from the get-go. I exile Jude Dewati to the mortal world until and unless she is pardoned by the crown. Let her not step one foot in fairy or forfeit her life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to think about that too anyway, much. Anyway, <laughs> I figured it out straight away. So. <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> no. My little pea brain has to compete with. Oh. Anyway, um, so that is that. And then 
Jude, the prologue is that Jude's... Epilogue. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the epilogue is that Jude's been... Home. Oh, yeah, it's so funny. Jude's been home for a month. Heather isn't there because when the glamour was lifted, all her memories came back and she's like, I don't want any part of this. See you later. Which is fair and enough. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah fair enough. Girl. Um, and then Vivi tells Jude to work to get back at Carden. Yeah, and like as the next book title suggests, she truly is the queen of nothing. I love that, being miserable in the mortal world. And you're being a queen and no one else gives a shit about that. But yeah, I've seen that line, like, yeah, I exile you, Jude Duarte, or whatever. And I'm like, Ugh. I've also seen moments, or um, I don't know, statements that I haven't come across yet, like, while reading. So I assume it's all going to be unfurled in the next book, which I'm intrigued to see the context of. I haven't even started it yet, but I will get there. It gets really weird, but... Really weird? Yeah. <laughs> For a YA, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I'm just like I don't understand, <laughs> but yeah. I did. I did have fun reading it though. Uh, there were fun moments, yeah. and then yeah, the ghost is fucked off to who knows where. Does he make another appearance, Kenzie? You can um, tell me. Not off Between the top us. of my head, I don't think. Ah, okay, maybe. so he just disappears. I can't remember. Sorry. Exile you. Is it because she is technically queen? She can pardon herself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. Wow. <laughs> Hey, yeah. and I assume it takes her the whole book to figure it out. Well, yeah, she comes back and then... She confused why she's not yeah, dead. Yeah, he's like... Because he writes her a letter, and I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok as well. Like, he writes her letters or whatever. And it's like, come back and yell at me if you need to. Like, come back and break my heart. Just come back. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. and then he, like, t- tells her, he's like, you're the crown. Like, you could have just, like, pardoned yourself come then back. and there. Like... Yeah, yeah oh, he's like, I lovely. just needed to do it to, like, show that I could. Because, again, yeah, no one knew that they're king and queen. <coughs> yeah. Damn, that's a bit lackluster. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, because when I read it, I was like, but she, she's the queen. Like, she has the crown. Like, Obviously, I took until this moment to figure it out, but cool, cool. Nah, it's all good. Nah, I'm keeping all this in. This is great. All right, I have my stars. If we would like to go to the stars that listen. All right, stars that listen, where we... Pull up a one-star review and a five-star review from Goodreads just for a bit of fun. Uh, we start with the one-star review first because we want to end on a positive note. And I've come to realise a lot of the one-stars are just like sarcastic, snarky comments. But it's either a snarky comment or it's an essay. There's no like you, there's no concise, critical one-star yeah, review. I also have two one-stars and two five-stars if that's okay. That's okay. I only have one. My first one-star is just someone say 1.5. <laughs> like okay. that's the whole comment love it and then the it. next one is the high school angst amidst the fey world didn't really work for me i mean that's fair it's giving maybe dark fantasy is not for yeah. me <laughs> but it's also giving i'm 35 and i've read this book and i don't like it because i'm 35 yeah <laughs> that's very fair that's very fair it's not new adult enough for them yeah my one star review is i have no questions i hate this book one of the worst i've ever oh. read bye <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, like, all comments are fair yeah. and valid. And also, we didn't search too far for yeah. these comments. So, like, you can easily come across it on Goodreads yeah. yourself. Uh, my five star is King Wicked Wig Snatched Review to Come. And then my other one is <laughs> Dear Holly Black, How Dare You? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Short and sweet. All right, my five star review. Holly Black really went all out <laughs> when she wrote Jude, huh? Like, she really went there. She picked out every single quality that I find attractive in a girl, bundled it all up like a nice dinner roll, and spawned June into existence. Nice. Loved it. 
Cool. Perfect. And I suppose that concludes The Wicked King. Yes. By Holly Black. Yeah, thank you all for listening. No other lingering thoughts or qualms? I've realised I didn't have many qualms this episode. Yeah, my only qualm was like the one million plot points. Yeah, yeah. Again, it is a busy book. A lot's happening and a lot of political warfare. Yes, as always, thank you all for listening. You can find us on Instagram at letterbox underscore book underscore club. From there, our link is in our bio to our link tree where you can find us then in all the other places where you would expect to find people expect to find podcasts yeah people <laughs> oh okay cool, cool. all right fair enough Alrighty, and uh, yeah check us out next week i'm gonna guess it's gonna be for the conclusion because we've rearranged our schedule yeah. a bit. so <laughs> check out next week for the final book <laughs> a book a book that we're not gonna disclose apparently yeah. um but yeah whatever's on out next week is out next week have fun all right thanks for listening Bye. goodbye